Hey, it's the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast. Thanks for being a part of it. It's a special recording because because it's episode 30. So just oh. like us, yeah. our podcast is now in its 30s. Nice. A lot to get into today. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman. We've both seen it. Maybe you have too. Is DC uh, back on the right path? We'll get into that. Also, Black Panther is out the in trailer, trailer. form. <laughs> Te- very much a teaser. Uh, well, we've got some discussions, not a, uh, a very game-heavy episode for us, but there's some stuff we want to talk about, like the beginning of the E3 showcases, mm-hmm. first of which was uh, EA, E3. Uh, Brandon and I have been drifting apart something fierce, not only personally, but as it relates to our podcast. So I'm going to do a little thing to bring us back together and get us on the right path to see how much we really are in tune. And you're going to be surprised by the answers for better like, or for worse. It's, like a, a, it's a quiz. A geek culture combati- compatibility test? It's a quiz test, therefore it's a... A quest? A quest, a geek culture quest. Okay. I have a quest for you. Oh. May you fetch it. Uh, and before we get into all of that, because we know you're just jonesing for us to actually get on track here, we're going to thank the people that are making this possible, a.k.a. our fake sponsors. Brandon, please tell us who's making this episode possible. You know, normally we just read what is kind of given to us or kind of put our own little spin on that's whatever. what they call a live read in the business okay yeah we do a live read of the sponsors that come in this is a little bit differently for the first time ever we have a sponsor who just submitted a recording to us yeah so uh we are just going to play that recording right now hope you like it are your legs tired and never sitting but when you do all you got are stools that make your behind as tender as an armadillo's underbelly? Well, if you were able to try them stools before you bought them, you could have got one that fits your keister like moonshine in a mason jar. My name is Solomon Slosky, and I want you to feel how soft my stool can be by sitting on one of my stool samples. That's right. Come down to Solomon Slosky's stool samples and try before you buy. We have samples of all types of stools. Hard stools, soft stools, squishy stools. You want colors? We got green, dark red, and all different shades of brown. We even have purple stools colored with the beets from my own garden. My stool samples are so healthy and well-built that you will never experience loose stools again. Because let's face it, those are the shits. So come on down to Solomon Slosky Stool Samples and flush your worries down the drain. Because here... We take care of you and treat you like royalty. And you deserve a throne, as long as your idea of a throne is four legs and a piece of wood. Come to the corner of Butte and Wiper in Cornington, Kentucky to Solomon Slasket's stool samples. Don't forget, when you come down, make sure to come around back. The parking's in the rear. So thank you very much for sponsoring the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. We really, really appreciate your contribution. Without you guys, this couldn't be possible. So thank you. And it shouldn't be possible without it shouldn't be possible, people period. like that and their products. So we're going to get right headlong into our topic of the week discussion. We saw Wonder Woman. Did you? We're going to break it down and give you our thoughts. It's our topic of the week. So before we get into this, Want a, te- <laughs> want a tetanus shot? Well, you want to let you know that this is going to be a full spoiler review of Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and skip about a half hour and you can hear the rest of this episode. But if you have seen it, great. Stick around because we are, seat. we are just about to spoil the shit out of this. Cool. 
So um, when we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, our last recording, we kind of just gave a brief overview, not only for anyone who need to be reminded of it, but really kind of to remind ourselves of what put, took place. So I, I will throw that to you and say, kind of give us the brief overview. So Wonder Woman is a story of Diana of Themyscira. I kept thinking they said the mascara. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> I actually had to look it up to yeah, see kind of how... I heard it, but I couldn't tell you how to say it. But in Thank you. once she goes to the rest of the world, she just calls herself Diana Prince. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she she's the daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta. Hip- Hippolyta, which, Hippolyta. It sounds like a disease. It does. Poor thing. Um, be like, ah, oh, man. She had it from birth. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that. And now I have Hippolyta. Yep. <laughs> Diana lives on an island, the island of Themyscira, which is an island created by Zeus and populated by nothing but women, the, the Amazons. Amazons. Yeah. Prime. You notice they all wear giant bracelets like those gauntlet things? Yeah. It's like the yoga pants at a junior college. Like they're, Pretty much. they're everywhere there. Good call. Very good um, call. So the women who were created by Zeus were there to keep the order of man and defend it from the jealous god and also son of Zeus, Ares. Oh, the god of war. The god of war. So Stephen Trevor, Steve Trevor, right? is The uh, captain from... Yeah, Captain Steve Trevor is a spy for the U.S. Army. He stole some notes from the evil Dr. Poison. <laughs> such yeah. a, such we'll, a creative we'll name. We'll come back to that, yeah. She's a crazy phantom of the opera loving chick who wears a mask, uh, who gets off on destruction. He crashes his plane during a chase with the Germans in Themyscira, Themyscira mm-hmm. the Mascara, and uh, Diana sees this, and she dives in, and she saves Steve. Um, and on the island, he agrees to take her to Ares, because she, she wants to go destroy Ares. He agrees to take her to Ares if she helps him get off the island. So they go to London. And this is all based in World War One. All based in World War One uh, in the early 1900s. So they go to London to give the Dr. Poison's book to a bunch of generals. The notes reveal a plan to release a very poisonous type of mustard gas along the front lines, which uh, would basically nullify the armistice, which is a treaty that they are trying to create among all of the nations. Yeah, like a it, term for the German surrender and like a, like a, a stoppage a, to the end of the war. Exactly. The idea is to stop the war with the armistice. And um, the generals don't go along with it because they say that this armistice is the most important thing right now. So um, they're going against the direction of the generals. They go on a mission to destroy the the labs where the poison is being made. And Diana specifically is going out to kill who she thinks is the god of war, which is General Ludendorff. Basically, she thinks Ludendorff, uh, a German general, is Ares in disguise. And I don't want to get too far, much farther in because... That would spoil everything, which we can get into sure. in our in our general discussion. Did cool. I miss anything in that summary? No, I that, think that's that, pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a, a ragtag bunch of like yeah uh, mercenary characters that uh, join up with Steve and Diana. An actor, a sniper, and <clears throat> a Native uh, American. Named Chief. Wow. Really had to go out of their way for that one. I couldn't tell if he's just a horrible actor or if he's just a boring-ass guy. Well, because he really was. Like, why don't we start at the top, though? I and I agree. I actually right. agree with you. Let's start at the top. Here's what worked for me. Um, starting at the beginning of the movie, I thought it was a quick little backfill, but I really liked it. But my number one question, based on the first twenty minutes or so, so the movie actually begins with modern day Diana. Yes. Uh, 
linking back to uh, Batman versus Superman when he sends her the print saying, hey, I know who you are. Let's talk sometime. Fill me in. Right. A picture of Wonder Woman or Diana and and her little ragtag Pl- Her bunch. little platoon. Yeah. Um, which was a th- callback to the Batman versus Superman. Right. Which she did not need to be in, but it actually, at least it makes sense in the with what they've chosen. Right. Um, but my biggest question is, is so then she looks at the photo and it takes you into the actual m- movie itself. So the movie's a big... Uh, I guess prequel in a way, <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> Pretty far back prequel. Yeah. Um. So apparently she's immortal, or at least she doesn't age. She mm-hmm. just stopped aging at whatever age she was in the movie. She's still totally hot. Yeah. A hundred years later. Godot, Gal Gadot, Gal however Gadot. you want to pronounce Gal. it. Um, this movie had a lot of slow mo in it, like a lot of right. slow mo. Like I almost like felt 300 like three movie. Kind very of? much so, which but- was done by. Yeah, Zack Snyder, this is and done by he, Zack Snyder, he exactly. had he wrote he was one of three credits listed Produced, for. Produced, not right. No, I was did watching. Say, I was watching the credits, okay. and it said it said story by. Well, then good. Oh, the screenplay, excuse me, was by somebody else, but this, he helped with the story. Yeah. Yes. Um. Well, good because finally Zack Snyder has his name on something a positive. good quality DC movie. Was it good quality? Or, I think in it and was. of itself, or just because most everything up to this point. Uh, aside from the Christopher Nolan stuff, has kind of yeah blown balls. When you have really low expectations for a DC Warner Brothers movie, and it turns out not being bad, do you trick yourself in thinking it was really good? Right. By what if comparison? this one came first? Is what I'm saying. Like, what if this was before uh, Batman Returns? I still think it would be Man a really good whatever? movie. I really do. Okay. Um, I'll get into like my overall thoughts of it, but let's continue go down the line here. My biggest question, and it still made me question it right at the, when it happened, and it's still at the end of the movie felt like it was unanswered. Mm-hmm. How did he get there? How did Captain James T. Kirk, Steve Rogers, because <laughs> you know when he said I'm yes. C- Captain, when he had the lasso of truth on him when he's being Inquisition, I expect him to say James T. Kirk in Star Trek movies. <laughs> <laughs> but how did he get there? Is just a happy accident? Well, he's he's I'm- being chased. He crashed. So obviously Themyscira is somewhere. There's a portal somewhere. Somewhere around Europe, it's in. It's you know what I mean. I don't know where, yeah. but that island is hidden. It's it's shielded. It's got by a shroud around. A it. shroud. Thank you. But it's not impenetrable. Oh, no, you can just, just reach right, right through in. it. Yeah. But it's just visually, it's it's uh. There's a shroud, and then there's all this fog so around they, it. So he just found it by accident. Oh yeah, he's just on the run, and they shoot his plane down, and he happens to be. He happens okay. to crash right then and there. And then right. and then hence all of the nearby ships who are looking for the plane and they start to kind of see through this. Right, that one guy sees port a portion of the plane in Yeah, and his when he reality, reaches out, he reaches through like through that veil. Veil, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well that was easy, but I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't mind that at all. Well, at first, I thought he was saying they were finding it on purpose when he's like, You have no idea, but he was referring to the fact that like more are coming. But he was referring to his world and right. the fact that there's, you know, big war and gas about to be released and, you know, big bombs right. and stuff and, like that. Well, and he didn't know what was going on. This was new to him. Right. Because when he saw the women up top and they all had bows and arrows, right. he was like, they have guns, right? Because he's like, those women with bows and arrows aren't going to do anything against all right. these German soldiers so with we weapons. So we learned Amazons um, can be shot and Oh, yeah. yeah. They're not immortal. I, and that's a that's the thing. Amazons... You you kind of get this idea that Diana is an Amazon, but then before she leaves the island, her she, mom she's says to her, Amazon you're, plus. "You're not an Amazon," and, and she's the only one that, with that story, she's 
made from clay and then Zeus gave her life. And so she knows she's different, but she kind of sees herself as an Amazon. And her mom's like, no, you're not. And she first really learned that she has above Amazon average powers right. when she had to do a little trial by combat, so to speak, right. with her aunt, uh, her mother's sister. Mm-hmm. And she does the gauntlet to gauntlet touch and the force push, which would come up later in the movie and they never explain what that is. Yeah, I wish they would do that. That's just like, hey, you know she does this from the comics and the shows, so she's just, it's amplified, but they never explain what that is. Comets? In in the comics, her bracelets are actually to lessen her powers. Huh. So they've actually said that the bracelets are to lessen her power, and she can sometimes kind of channel them, I think, but uh, as in, in certain stories they find out that when she takes them off, she becomes super powerful, like Superman style powerful. So like almost it's to keep her in check. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And so the other Amazons though can, I mean, a single gunshot to the ab and they're dead. Yeah. Unlike, you know, actual wonder woman, um, which we find out a little bit later, but she doesn't really know that at this point. Um, and she, she does get wounded and that one doctor, when pulls it, pulling off the bandage, realizes there's no scar, and she goes, "Huh, that's weird." You heal, fast. and that's like all they kind of touched on. But that was a little hint that hey, she heals faster than even the average Amazon, which is consistent with when some of the later fight sequences. There's no way you would think. Yeah, there's no way an average person or even an Amazon could survive it. Makes sense. Um, so then, but when... the Amazons are badass. Can we just say that like that beach scene? Oh, I, jumping I off that. the cliffs, they are badass. Yeah. They're like Xena plus... Plus warrior princesses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you were to take Xena warrior princess and, and add extra warrior princess. Yeah. <laughs> um, WP squared. So she agrees to leave with him. And mm-hmm. he says, yeah, I'll take you to Ares. Sure, whatever. I just got to get out of here. I got to complete my mission. <clears throat> so they're on the run from the Germans, right? He was on the run from the Germans. Right. After infiltrating their base and quick little backstory, we meet Dr. Poison and that those prosthetics over her face and that name. Okay, they needed better bad guys. They did. This movie suffered from a lack of real good bad guys until yes, kind of Ares shows up. But I don't think Ares was a great bad guy either. Well, when he put the armor on, he looked like he Saruman looked from badass. Lord of the Rings. Yes. That was pretty cool. But I, I would argue the villains do not make this movie the heroes do the this is about the hero's tale it's very similar to captain america civil war where the the villain is a shit villain he's just some dude who is creating a rift between them he's he's nothing special but i follow that the whole and that turned out to be one of the best uh marvel movies yeah and and it's really it's 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 kind of the the story of the heroes and in this case i kind of think the same thing if you had a really really good villain it would take away from how amazing wonder woman is fair enough um but all that to say sorry i kind of jumped off of my own point that i was trying to make so his plane crashed down fleeing the germans right yes so through a night of sailing they wake up and they're in london like wow that's a Kick-ass sailboat. Well, you got and there. that's and that's why I say the yeah. So the island had to be somewhere, somewhere near England. That was just you know what I mean. The, and I know the, I'm being Themyscira had to unnecessarily analytical, but I'm just like, wow, that's really convenient overnight, right. and you're in jolly old London. You no, know? I, I I when I so I've seen this movie twice. The second time was just today with you, and, and Thank the you. first time was actually up in Oregon when I was yeah, uh, visiting best. my girlfriend's family. Good, and, everyone need to know that. Um, 
Yeah, it's important. Yeah, you know? just so you know. I'm just creating a Put your GPSs down. To the yeah. Story. Um, but when we were, the reason I did bring that up is because I, we saw it with some of our family members. And in that discussion, that was one of the things I brought up was like, how do they get to London in one night yeah. of sailing? A fortnight, if you would. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, it, 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 and that was the last of the action we would see for a while. And I like the fact that she's basically doing her best Clark Kent in war-torn London, you know? Yeah. Putting on the disguise. and I um, like the humor behind it. Yeah. Where that, she's totally a fish out of water. Yeah. It just, it seemed long. In fact, I kind of found myself dozing off for just a quick second during that, that time period. And then we get introduced to the resistance and the fact that, oh, I've been told no by, um, you know, my my commander, um, but we're going to do it anyways. And then it started picking up. I thought they got that feel of World War One really down. Yeah. The trenches and just the just land. Where they're in that been, trench for a day. Yeah. And that land that's just or been year, completely I mean. devastated by yeah. gas and bombs and constant fire and trying to push forward and, you know, moving an inch. Um, I just thought, even though she has a lot of humanity about her um, and wants to, you know, care for the the orphans and the 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 women and the children. Um, I just thought it was a little like, well, that's guided. Yeah. And it seemed awfully fast. Like she sees one mother, like, Oh, they took everything from me. And then she's like, oh, now we've got to fight. Well, you I know? think it's everything. I mean, she, you could, but remember you could when see they, her character, like in surprise of everything that's going on. If you remember, she was like, Oh my God, those horses, why are they whipping the horses? And she's like, I can help them. And they're like, we have no time. She sees a, a kid reach calling for his mother. And she can't do anything. There's a soldier there without oh, missing, missing leg. a leg. Yeah. And she's like, he's wounded. And they're like, no, we don't have time. And so she's very naive on how war works because her, she's so used to this small microcosm of a world, right? This one island yeah. where those small little things make a huge difference. But here she's put out into this huge world and there's an entire war going on throughout the world. And these people have to tell her that one life matters, but we're on a mission to save so many more. Yeah. So we can't save everyone. And I, I, I really like, I really like that they made her naive, but not stupid, but at the same time, super brave. And she made the others realize that, yes, I realize we have an, a, a, a large purpose, but every life does count. And so if on the way we can save a lot of lives, then it's important. And that's what I liked about that particular battle scene. That battle had a purpose. Every action scene, which there's not that many in this movie. No, she's very, she's not many times is she actually Wonder Woman really at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. And then like that quick little battle in, in the middle. Yeah, there's really only like three battles. Yeah, she's more Diana right? Prince more than anything. But... But I don't mind that because this no, is an fine. origin story. And I like the way that the battles didn't just happen to have battles. You know, they, they didn't just go, hey, this is a comic book movie. We just should for throw sake, a battle yeah. in here. Every single battle has a purpose in the it story. It pushes the story, yes, it, it did. It does. It pushes the story forward. Yeah. I also want to touch on the naivety of of Diana Prince where, what? I just I thought that was a good line, how they made her Diana Prince. Because she's like, Diana, princess of, and he's like, Diana Prince, Prince, Diana yeah. Prince, yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was clever. But I like how she is constantly that voice of how ridiculous certain things are, right? Like the way when she's like, oh, you're a secretary. What does that mean? She's like, oh, I just go where he tells me to go and do what he tells me to do. And she goes, where I come from, that's slavery. 
and and with the whole situation of all of the men all of the generals and, and, and politicians all kind of like looking at her like why did you bring a woman in here and she's just like looking at them like excuse me like who are you? And I uh, actually thought his line was good. Did you catch his line? He's like, oh, my blind sister. <laughs> my she... blind sister is looking for the bathroom. Yeah. That, um, that was pretty clever. The, and and that, the, it, it gave the opportunity for a lot of humor. But I, I just like the commentary that that she's allowed to give. Because any other woman in that time period just understands that this is the way of the time period. But she doesn't. Yeah. And she comes from where there's nothing but women. So she just doesn't understand why these men treat women this way. Or in some cases, why these generals make decisions where they know all these soldiers are going to die, and she's she's like, "You're a coward." Where I come from, generals stand by the side of their soldiers, and so it's kind of nice that she, with her naivety, always has the ability to call out all the shit that was going on Good during point. World War One, and I I I really like that aspect of it. We got to talk about the uh, the complimentary mercenary ragtag guys like oh this guy's a hand-to-hand combat guy this guy's an actor this guy is a a sniper with demons yeah did you notice all three of them were caricature caricature caricatures that's the word of the kind of nationalities they were supposed to be trained you had the middle eastern guy who was wearing a fez and his name was samir and he was sammy and he was like schmoozy and you know i thought that was really cheap the scottish guy or the irish guy was a drunk drunk and he was wearing a freaking kilt throughout the whole battle I'm like does he really need to be wearing that and then of course the indian guy named chief, chief. Yeah, had yeah. braids and feathers and you know neck pieces i'm like really like that was really corny to me no i i totally hear you on that yeah. i um the, i didn't the, mind those the, three guys did not need to be in the movie no they didn't but um at the same time the movie was long too it was what, two and a half hours yeah a little a little longer than i would have cared for but i agree but i i i think that if they would have taken pieces out the story wouldn't have been so what if i told you this movie was only 10 minutes shorter than batman versus superman we'll see this movie i don't feel i didn't right it didn't feel as long was so long right i mean i literally saw it twice within a a week of each other yeah and i didn't mind it both times that's cool versus (laughs) batman versus superman yeah we never went back i would never go back because it and then they were like oh well there's an extended cut that makes a lot more sense and you're just like Go fuck yourself. If you can't make it make sense in an already two and a half hour movie, yeah. then you're just not good story writers. And you're done. You're done. Yeah. Done so. Um I, I did like the reveal of Ares. Um I thought uh-huh. that was clever. I was like, oh, I like the fact that the God Killer, which I never knew that was her sword's name, or maybe they just did that for the intent of this story. Yeah. Uh, wasn't he just like just disintegrated it. Yeah. I thought that was cool and then it forced he's her like, to realize that's not the God Killer. Yeah. And then she's like, You're a liar, and he's like, No. And she laughs at him. He's like, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was cool. Um, when he put himself in his true God form after, you know, the unassuming Which British... Which he still had a mustache in his true God that form. That was dumb. No, no, no. His mustache gives him power. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Well, by the beard of Zeus, so be the oh. mustache of Ares. Well, no. It's, it's like it... what he passed on to his... By the be- by Odin's beard. Oh. Yeah. Well, Zeus is friends with him. They had beard offs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I did like that when he put on his full armor. And this movie, unlike the majority of DC movies, didn't have a giant orb floating in the sky like we've talked about so many times before. Right. Not just a DC movie, but that's a very comic book movie thing to do. It was actually like real stuff. And he basically became Magneto at the end when he threw yeah. a tank at her and wrapped her in steel. And she saw that Steve sacrificed himself. By the way, Captain James T. Kirk, Steve the spy for the British Empire, 
U.S. Army. U.S. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was but US. he was posing at a, as he was reporting to British intelligence, posing as a German pilot for the U.S. Army. That uh, so makes so much sense. Yeah, that's what life. So spies are complicated. <laughs> Everybody knows that. But I thought I thought that overall this was a good movie. Doctor Poison was really gimmicky and lame, and then her. Yeah, but they didn't give her. They didn't make her. She was not the main villain. She was a sub. There was technically three main villains. Ludendorff, Ares, and Dr. Poison. And I like the fact that you you only get the reveal of the main villain at the very end. Um, and until then, you are along with Diana thinking that Ludendorff is Ares. Especially I wasn't when buying they, it, though. You know. Well, especially when they first meet. When he's doing that weird he, phosphorus stuff or whatever, and it's giving him oh, crank powers. Yeah, well, that just... That was... I feel like that was sort of shoehorned in there. But, it really was. But it was the only way that she, that that he could even compete have for a battle like with half her. A second. Right. Yeah. Um, I got that. And I knew funny, that's what the what, whole time I thought he was Ares, and then when she killed him, I was like, "Huh, that was a kind of a quick battle scene for." Yeah, the and that's final when guy. I realized that oh, it's somebody else. Right. Yeah, and they did a good job of kind of uh, streaming that out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think that one thing that really didn't work for me. And I hope this doesn't sound like too negative. I wasn't looking for problems. I didn't think they needed to love each other. I don't think at the end he needed to say, I love you. You know, so that, he that got known brought up. for two days? Well, that got brought up um, by some of the people who I saw it last, when I saw the movie first. They, uh, well, one of them specifically, out of the four people, were like, I don't like that aspect. I didn't like the fact that she had to have a romantic love in order to realize her strength. Uh, it's almost like the, I need a man to show me my how powerful I really am kind of stuff. I'm like, no, you're just a badass chick on your mm. own. See, I I don't see it that way. I feel like there was a romantic love there between them. but It didn't seem organic to me. He had the chance to, you know, he could have helped her. He could have helped Wonder Woman in some way. And then could have they could have spent the rest of their life together. But I think the message is not necessarily romantic love gave her the strength. I think it's the fact that he gave up romantic love uh, for the love of his other fellow humans the to save good. them for the greater good. That was when she realized kind of, okay, that's how important this is. Yeah, and then she just started putting her gauntlets together like five times in a row and defeated him. Yeah. That was I, kind of a cheap... Okay, here's... here's so I, I, I feel like... The way we're discussing this, I tend to like this movie, I think, a little bit more than you. Sure. But I do think that they went too big on the battle sequence at the end against Ares. Because she she's a badass fighter who can do very amazing stunts and... Leaps. Leaps. And, and um, to the point where you're like, wow, that didn't seem believable. But you know what? I'm going to accept it. And then in the very, very final fight scene she's flying yeah. which in some iterations of wonder woman she does fly which is they probably went that way so that they didn't have to give her a invisible jet um and number two good point but i i feel like she all of a sudden unlocked way too much power it it was yeah i agree and I completely agree and i and i felt like that entire battle was completely different than the other battles in the movie. And I didn't 
mind that they made it different. I just think they made it too different. Because my favorite battle is not the end battle. It was the one in the middle. Uh, when they saved that Veld village or something yeah, like that? that was my favorite battle, that village battle. Because it was still rooted in what we feel is the, the original World War One. It's then, a revisionist history, you know, because all of a sudden she defeats Ares, and then, you know, next scene, uh, we accept the German surrender, yay Belgium, yay Great Britain, yeah. parade in the street. I'm like, oh, I, that's not how they taught it when I was in high school. I got to go back and look at that. But I like how it's like... You're like, that's not how Battlefield 1 taught me. No, clearly not. <laughs> um, that'd be cool if she was an unlockable character on some maps. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, but I did like how that's like, you know, fiction mixing with fact a little bit. Oh, which I don't mind at all. No, that's kind of cool. I thought one of the... Okay, there was a really funny line, and there was a really awful line. That's the last two points I've got. Okay. Okay, start with the really, really funny line. When she said... And then, you know, when she's asking uh, the captain, Steve... What's his last name? Trevor. Trevor. I love when a guy has two first names. When she's asking him about, like, well, who are the bad guys, basically? And he's like, well, we're fighting the Germans specifically. And she's like, oh... Well, we'll defeat the Germans and they'll go back to being good, which kind of debunks her whole thing about like Ares being defeated. Because then 30 years later, you know, not even 30 years later, 25 years later, <laughs> World War II, yeah. uh, the Germans, Germans got were kind of like, again. Uh, yeah, they weren't the not only ones. Not all of them. No, but they, there was these things called Nazis and that kind of, you Never know, heard of them. I thought that was actually, and that we heard some people chuckle in the theater. Huh. And I thought, oh, that's pretty clever, you know, because obviously they're like, huh, World War Two. Yeah, Nazis. I didn't, I didn't, I never caught that. Okay, well, way uh, to make a way the... to make a joke about World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> which Remember but, World War Two, <laughs> but really kind of debunked her theory then, because no, remember she yeah. defeats Ares, and then like even like the the chief then hugs like a a, a German soldier, and they're all like, oh wow, what is right. this piece? But I guess you have to defeat Ares every twenty five years, <laughs> apparently by their logic. I guess. And then okay, maybe it was Hades that came back for World War Two. Ah, you're right, his yeah. brother. Uh, Ares did remind me a lot of Loki. He's like, hey, I'm just going to run game and confusion. I'm not going to be killing these people individually. I'm just going to... But Loki was much more of a a visible, egotistical Yeah, but they're both running like kind of... They just had elements to each other. Yeah, no, and I totally... I I do agree with that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's all I've really got. Um, Do you mind if I just wrap it up and then throw it to you for your final thoughts? Yeah, well, I just want to say, you know, in the overarching DC Warner Brothers universe... This is by far the best DC movie we've seen. It, it's a it's a positive contribution. Can you name for sure. a better one? Well, how what do you count DC wise? In this iteration of the DC universe, not including the old Batman movies. You mean the Christopher Nolan stuff, right? Not not including those because those are not so a part then you're of this saying, universe. Is it better than Man of Steel? Yes. Yes. Suicide Squad. Yes. And Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On that point, agreed. And, I mean, you have to imagine that the DC Warner Brothers executives are standing up and cheering right now with how much money this movie is making. Because and, and it's, the reception. And the reception is yeah. very positive. Yeah. And so, I mean, good on them. I, I really hope Justice League takes their universe in the same direction. And is Justice, the end of Wonder Woman, supposed to be like a spawn point right into the beginning of justice league she's like i because you know assuming she's gone back to wherever home is in london uh-huh. uh and the events that start the movie and end the movie are after uh batman versus superman i would assume so too. and then all of a sudden you know she's gearing up why else would she just take off and go fight this guy because it, i bet you know something's going down that actually will probably lead right into justice league yeah that's I, my thought 
I don't know. Um, I almost found it to be like she is kind of a protector of London right now. That's the way I saw it. Hmm. And when she at at night goes out and just kind of hops slash flies off of the roof there, mm-hmm. um, I just kind of thought was like her going and like, I'm going to go fight crime now. Yay. Because she kind of had that dumbass smile on her face. Yeah. I don't think it was her responding to a major threat. Perhaps. So I do... But, I, you know, obviously Justice League, I think, is going to take place sometime very soon after this movie. Indeed. So for me, um, I liked it. Like, to me, this is like, if I'm scared, like, I'll just use a one to ten scale. Uh, this is like a seven and a half for me. Okay. It's enjoyable. I liked it. Okay. See, I would put this. It was this... too long, though, and too much slow-mo. Those are like my See, biggest I complaints. See, I liked the slow-mo in this. I, like... I thought the fight sequences were done right. It's the first time that we've seen that kind of slow motion done since the 300 that I can think of. Um, and it was not done too much like the 300, and it was done slightly differently than, say, the 300. Okay. I think Patty Jenkins, I think Patty Jenkins mm-hmm. is her name, the director did an amazing job with the fight sequences. So I actually really like that piece of it. Cool. But um, I would I would put this a little bit closer. If, if out of a scale of 10, I would give it a 9. Cool. Yeah. So if we average that out, 82.5 between the two of us. Sure. That Brandon's good. cumulative score, 82.5. Wonder Woman. Hooray. Good job. And now we are done talking about that. Next time we hear from DC is in November when Justice League comes out. I'm looking forward to it. I am too, but with guarded optimism, as they say. Oh, me too. Yeah. Cyborg still looks stupid as hell. Yeah. So uh, let's get into some other topics about movies. Brandon, did you see the Black Panther trailer? Brandon, I did. It was really cool. I'm very intrigued. Um, You know, Black Panther is not an A-list player. Captain America is. Wolverine, Spider-Man, those are your A-list Marvel guys. Captain America um, introduced Black Panther as far as our cinematic universe goes. Uh Cool. Um, So I don't know a whole lot about Black Panther. I think he made his debut, actually, if I'm not mistaken, in the Fantastic Four comics. I could be wrong. And, you know, he had his own comics, but I don't know a lot about him. So what Mm -hmm. I'm seeing on screen, I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm not sure who that is, but that's cool because then I can't be like, ooh, they didn't get his costume right. Or yeah, that's not who that is. It gives him a clean slate. Wakanda looks awesome from what they've shown. It does. It looks really cool. I like the fact that they, they, they make Wakanda this amazing tech savvy uh nation in the middle of a like third hidden. world it's like hidden within this third world piece almost of... like the mascara <laughs> yes exactly yeah there's a shroud yeah and so the trailer very much a teaser trailer we see martin freeman's back um yep and he's interviewing uh claw andy circus andy circus which yeah. is so awesome because if you need a villain just get andy circus need Gollum or smeagol andy circus supreme leader snook need a monkey uh, yeah <laughs> badass and then or now as claw you know so i like, Supreme I like Leader him Snoke. as just a regular human actor yeah it's nice to see him not doing the mocap stuff he's, he's awesome. still really good and he yeah. has a really unique face and so if you'll recall in age of ultron that oh yeah they, they intercept him right uh or no ultron intercepts him because he's doing some type of arms dealing or ty- uh-huh. some type of extraction it's been a while since i've seen the movie but he specifically mentions wakanda laying the foundation for t'challa to show up um so yeah we know that vibranium is um 
probably going to be. I, I mean, very pivotal to something going on. But in we this also movie. know that uh, Captain America is chilling out there, right? Last we see him, and then they're putting Bucky to hyper sleep, basically. Right? So, so I'm not going to say it's centered around vibranium necessarily, but I know it's going to be a part of it in some way. It kind of has to be. Otherwise, they're just skipping a major purpose of the entire city. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, who knows? I, I, I'm curious to see where they take this. But it looks like it's a lot less about the the ties to the Avengers. It will still have, you know, um, some connections. But it looks like it's really going to be a standalone yeah. deal. Which They didn't show me... any of the other Avengers at all, nope. right? And, so, and, yeah, so it looks like it's something completely kind of off the beaten path from what we normally see with these uh, Marvel movies where they always tie in a little bit with each other. This one, I mean, we know Captain America and Bucky are there, but they're not shown yet and everything. It looks like the entire movie is pretty much taking place right there in Wakanda. Yeah, so I dig it. Anyway, that's just all speculation based off of a freshly came out yesterday 90 second trailer kind of thing and dude the poster looks badass he's sitting on his uh throne yeah the wakandan throne it's like it almost to me just harkens back to like um fill in the blank character from game of thrones sitting on the iron throne yeah, just yeah. looks like oh that that's the place to be Kinda like a scarface thing yeah very yeah. much so cool um november's so, gonna be a great month what's that november's gonna be a great month yeah because my birthday well then yes but you know what's right after that uh, my birthday party. <laughs> then it's my birthday, and then Star Wars Episode Eight. True, seventeenth. Yep, December seventeenth. All right, so uh, that's all we had for movies. We just—that's all we need to have for movies. Like, we just wanted to talk about. We Black don't need Panther to dig a little deep. Bit. Yeah, let's just um, have a nice shallow Black Panther discussion. All right, and let's get into games. Okay. So as we mentioned, E3 is right around the corner and kind of getting its kickoff now today on uh on june 10th with the ea showcase yes so what did we see we saw a handful of trailers bunch of stuff that i care about and some stuff we don't wait wait let me actually rephrase that a bunch of stuff i don't care about one thing that i actually am probably in the market for are you are you talking about star wars battlefront is what you're in the market for yeah um the sequel we're getting to know more about it um i just hope it's better than the first the first one wasn't bad by any means it's just there's something there that just seemed so generic there's no reason to come back it just didn't capture me i went out and bought it because i was like oh i'm gonna love this and i didn't hardly play it yeah but star wars battlefront 2 at least in the gameplay trailer yeah we saw a whole bunch of really cool fighting scenes i'm not quite sure if those are in game i don't know if that's not something i think it's a mix yeah but we saw a city that we we saw in the Naboo. Some of the it was at Naboo. Yeah, episode that we saw one. in the original. Yeah, with the Trade Federation droid and the clone troopers battling mm-hmm. it out, and hopefully we don't see any Gungans. And then I love how they're like, "Hey, we're all clear," and then like, "Nope!" All of a sudden, you see yeah. a double-edged lightsaber come like into the mix, swinging around like a boomerang. I'm like, "Oh, right, Darth so this, Maul." Yeah, and so this one was definitely more of a multiplayer trailer. Yeah, and previously we saw the story trailer. Yeah, and it was very theatrical at that. Yeah, but um, I'm excited about this game. I'm I'm when I get a game like this, I'm more interested in in a story, and so I'm really happy to see that come through because I kind of feel like I only have in room in my life for one, maybe two multiplayer games that Completely. I go back to, and right now nothing's going to take the spot of Overwatch. Right. So Just 
Yeah, until until the next Overwatch. Until Overwatch comes. two or something, yeah. but or the next Overwatch caliber game, uh, which certainly hasn't been anything lately. Uh, no reason to pick on you know games, but the fact that we're both still playing Overwatch. Although I, I have been playing a lot of Battlefield one lately too, but yeah, there's just I was so hoping. Sorry to get sidetracked, but I was so hoping that uh, the Friday the Thirteenth game could have been cool. I uh, know it looks bad. It doesn't look good at all. No, it doesn't, and it's buggy. Um, so Battlefront two is scheduled for again November. Oh, I, I want to say, is um, it? yeah, okay, because um, that's how they did it two years ago when um, Episode seven came out. They put Battlefront right in front of it in November. And then ahead of the theatrical December release cool. uh, for the movie. And I think they're going to do that again. And then they hinted at more uh, playable characters, including those which we got introduced to through Episode 7. It shows Ray and Kylo Ren fighting. Right. Um, there's uh, some gameplay apparently online right now that EA put out of uh, Finn being an unlockable character. Uh, so yeah, Battlefront 2, yeah. I really... I don't think it's going to be a bad game at all. I just hope it's a better experience than Battlefront 1 was. And I think they've had two years to work on it, essentially, from the time the last one came out to this one comes out. Address it. Story mode looks compelling. I'm looking forward to November. Then a bunch of other EA stuff came out. Um, just really quickly run down the list and talk about what we want to talk about. They've got a game called Fortnite, uh, which is like a mashup of like three different style games. I think this one looked cool. It's it's like a souped up tower defense and normally tower defense doesn't really do for me because a lot of them are just cheap mobile things but this one but you build your own towers this one you're building your own tower almost like a um uh what's that game called that the kids play minecraft minecraft <laughs> that the kids play um but yeah I, i'm i've never played minecraft uh why well, actually that's not true i have and i could you can not know about this game get into it much without but, playing it though sure but you know the the building piece of fallout mm-hmm. um I love that on Fallout 4. So I could totally see myself getting into building a cool fort and then defending the waves of those little creatures or zombie-ish creatures that they had. Yeah, but And it's all class-based characters, and you can play online. It looks just like a mashup of it, it a lot of different kind of games. Yeah, and it, but it looks doesn't very look generic. like it had a huge AAA-type budget. It almost No, it looks, looks like, like it's going to be a $20, $20 marketplace $40 game. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it could be fun. Look for it, I guess. There's, I, They didn't say when it's coming, but huh. yeah. Uh, what else? We got Need for Speed Payback. We got a game called A Way Out and uh, just an announcement trailer for a game called Anthem. Any of those tickle your fancy? None. Uh, Need for Speed Payback. It, it's like Fast and the... They, it looks as ridiculous yes. conceptually as the Fast and Furious movies have gotten. They obviously... I haven't played Need for Speed since like PlayStation 2 days, man. I used to like the, like the Hot Pursuit. Yeah. But that was back when... Running from the cops was kind of this new cool thing, right? Now everything is running from the yeah, cops, and it's and more so, elaborate and more explosiony, and it just—I could care less. I, I think it's cool that the name still lives on, but they've gotten so far away from what I used to play. I just—I haven't invested in one in like ten years. Yeah, and then Anthem didn't give us anything. A Shows there's a, a wall yeah, and there's no. monsters outside the wall. But, Great. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we EA are... is officially off and running with E3. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a more of a recap uh, edition of all that's come and gone. You know, but not on the E3 train, but also EA is Far Cry 5. Yeah. Who, when we last met and, and did a podcast here, we spoke about just that original teaser that we got. Um, but now, since then, in fact, it was like immediately after we recorded, 
all of these yeah. trailers came out that were character story trailers. Um, I think four trailers mm-hmm. in total, right? Three that were focused on specific characters, right? Which we don't know if they're—I don't know if they're playable characters, good or bad. Well, they—they're the three characters they showed were good, and oh. they were all against the. There was a preacher, a mechanic, and a bar o- owner. Okay. And they all were telling stories of how these, um, this militant Christian group have taken over this town and hurt them in some way and that they are going to start fighting back. And so I don't know if those are three playable characters. You know what you could do is you could just move. Mm. Ah, I know logic and video games don't always go. Yeah, but one guy has his church and he's like, I ain't leaving my church. One guy has his airplane and he's like, like, my airplane stays here because it's not like I can just up and move my entire airplane somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, only they (laughs) were mobile. And then, yeah. Um, and then and then the bar owner. So it kind of made sense. I guess they're um, they're fighting for their home and what they've built. In and Hope then, County, and then Montana. The fourth trailer was the the main big trailer that has the creepy voiceover from the leader of that. Cult. Which which Far Cry ever since kind of number three has has done like you they want a very strong main bad guy. Yeah. It's who they put on their covers. If you yeah. look at Far Cry three, Far Cry four. Primal being what it was, and now Far Cry Five. <laughs> at least the cover work that they've shown so far, yeah, it shows this guy kind of having like one of those like Last Supper meals, like right. He's like yes. clearly like in the forefront, and he's looking, and he's got like his flackies or disciples with him. Uh, flackies is not a word. It's lackies, lackies or flunkies. I don't know. Sure. I, flackies. Can we just call them hooligans? They might be hooliganish. But I, I, I really like the direction of this. I, I just feel like my, one thing I'm kind of like cautious of is the religious overlord who wants to horribly misinterpret you know biblical rule i think that's a very almost i want to say common but a very pervasive now that's more than common (laughs) Um, (laughs) something less than common but more than not at all okay no i i hear you i i I get the idea that you're saying it's and that's something just a, we've seen before and that's just almost but how easy you... to make a, a generic bad guy using religious tyranny to and you know like i am your savior let me lead you my people you know right. like the preaching at the pulpit and with a southern accent and with kind of hippie face not hippie what's the word? um when someone's annoying and they're in a chevy commercial hipster facial hair <laughs> <laughs> have you seen those hi we're here to tell you about chevy yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that door opens when I just oh wave my, gosh, my foot underneath. What a bad mamma jamma. Um, Fuck you, Chevy. I, I see what you're saying, but I don't think it's played out yet. Okay, yeah. Just because uh, I, I just, I don't think it's played out yet, and it's certainly not something that Far Cry, this Far Cry series has used. Yeah. And so I'm very open to it, and I really, I think they're actually making a really cool step going away from way out in the middle of nowhere it appears to be modern to america modern montana yeah and i like that i, I do too. i do too i, I wonder how they plan to um <laughs> i just said i do too after <laughs> <laughs> we three between the two of us like it a lot um i wonder how they plan to just acknowledge the fact that you know where is the rest of american civilization like right. how is this going on in our own country on a remote yeah. island or uh you know, way off in like Taipei or Singapore where, where Far Cry 4 was, you know, I kind of get it. You know, you're cut yeah, off from the, the rest of the world. Not involved? Yeah, exactly. Or I was like another county they not looked into that it. In the story. And I hope they do. I really hope they do because that would actually be pretty cool to see. 
Uh, Far Cry 5 next year, early 2018, I want to say it's slated for release. But as we know, dates can shift around. So, um, But yeah, this is going to be a big one, I, I yeah. hope. And hopefully it gets more people back on the Far Cry bandwagon, so to speak, um, after Primal, because Primal is kind of a step back as far Some as... Some people really liked it. I really But I'm just not, saying, if you look at the numbers, Far Cry yeah. 3, huge. Probably the biggest of the series. And Far then 4 Cry, was really big, too. It was big. It and was... Then Primal, yeah, it took a dip, and then yeah. Primal took a big dip. Yeah, as far as quality and I feel like this is going to jump them back up. I really feel like this is going to bring people enough. back on. Yeah. So I think that's all we have for our video games discussion. We aren't going to talk about anything with TV specifically right now. There's not much to talk about. Um, so we're going to move on. Orange is the new black season five. Mm, I'll probably watch it actually. Yeah, I probably will too. Cause um, I love prison nudity. <laughs> so, uh, that's why I love Oz. Yeah. Yeah. So you have created a geek culture compatibility quest. Yeah. Yeah. Quiz and test. But do you know why? No. Cause we're drifting. Let's face yeah. it. I'm just gonna, I'm going to look you right in your, your eyes. And, and I see they're dying inside, which tells me we need to reignite the fires that drew us together to record. All right. And if this little 13 question um, questionnaire <laughs> with questions helps do that, then great. And if not, um, it's just I feel like you don't get me anymore. And I just want to see how much we get each other. Okay. Okay. So this is a practice question. There's no right or wrong answer. I just want to see how much. It's, like, we, if it's we like a couple of compatible. Like no, the I newlywed or the newlywed game. See if we agree. So this is a practice question. This one does not count towards our score. Okay. Right. Which one of these is unlike the rest? Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Green Goblin, or Brandon Green? <laughs> uh, well, it depends on what we're talking about. Is it's that up completely to... up to you how you want to look at it. I'm going to say Green Goblin because uh, all the other ones are heroes in my eyes. And Green Goblin is a villain. Exactly. Okay, good. I want to let you know that's a ding. That's okay. A, a ding's a good so, thing. So you ding, think ding. you're a hero in my eyes as I'm well. not saying I'm a hero, but everyone else is good. At least good. Yeah, Green Goblin. At least hasn't bad. murdered people. Well, yeah. wait, no. At least hasn't murdered good people. Justifiably. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, okay, that was a practice one. That doesn't count towards our total score, but uh-huh. we're good. So in order for us to consider ourselves a compatible match, we need to get at least half of these, or more than half of these right. There's 13 How many? questions. 13? Okay. So... Question one, it's officially started. If I could wield one fictional weapon, it would be Mjolnir. That's Thor's hammers, yep. you noobs. A lightsaber. The ring of power. Or a bigger dick. And then in parentheses, it's fictional because we both know that a bigger <laughs> dick simply does not exist. So which one of these fictional weapons would you wield if you could? Mjolnir, lightsaber, ring of power, bigger D. Um... Okay, would the ring of power turn me evil? Is That's it... completely up to your interpretation, as yeah, you understand okay. the 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 mythos of okay. everything. So like, so I, I, I asked that question to a friend, and he's like, "Oh, I take Mjolnir. Boy, do I become Thor? Can I spin around?" I'm like, "I don't know. You could just have it and never do anything with it, right? Or you could like, it's good as a meat tenderizer. Oh, could you imagine how tender your cutlets <laughs> would be? Um, I, I think I would take Mjolnir because. The Ring of Power, in its, I mean, it, it does corrupt humans. Yeah. So I, despite how nice I think I am, I think I would become corrupted. Uh, a lightsaber is really cool, but it can only go so far. And Mjolnir, you can use it to fly, and yeah. it is super strong. And if you can wield it and nobody else can, 
That makes you pretty badass. Okay. So I chose, you chose Mjolnir. I want a lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. So, and everyone. I would win then in a a fight. Not if I got the sneak attack on you. Well, yeah. Okay. But if it was one-on-one. Wait, why are we fighting? Why don't we? See, this just goes to show we're drifting apart and you don't (laughs) care. And all you want to do is fight. And no, we should. Could you imagine a Jedi and Thor teaming up to take on space creeps? Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. So half a point. All right. (laughs) All right, choose a duck that best represents you. Here are your choices. Donald, Daffy, Scrooge Mick, duck, Darkwing, or Howard the... I, w- I would say Darkwing. You yeah. would be willing to get I dangerous? Would love to, I would love to dive into some money and be super rich. That's but... not Darkwing, that's... No. Oh, you're no, saying... I'm saying if I, if I choose Scrooge, I would love that. But I, if it's more of like really who do i want to be who would i say is my spirit duck i would say darkwing <laughs> spirit <laughs> okay we're not off to a good start who are, and who I'm not are you sp- choosing oh donald duck what i grew up loving donald duck and he has a temper and he doesn't wear pants come on that's a good life okay remember he wants to fight everything yeah and he'd like throw his fists up and he where you are why an angry does, person well i am why does he wear a towel too when he comes out of the shower even though he doesn't <laughs> wear pants he when he comes out of the shower he puts a towel around his waist what I the hell's know. his problem that's me i have shower problems <laughs> all right we're over two and i blame you all right this one we have a 50 percent chance of agreeing okay who is a worse shot stormtroopers option one okay. or option two anybody who has ever shot at james bond Stormtroopers. Really? Because Stormtroopers... No. Damn it. We're... No. (laughs) What? Are you sure? Well, you can't base your answer off of mine now. Yes. So I say on a worse shot, has James Bond ever been hit? Probably maybe once in a movie here and there. Okay. I think versus Stormtroopers actually... Who have actually... They've killed Ewoks. But here's... Let me also throw this out there. But the Stormtroopers have more numbers. It's the volume. There's way more Stormtroopers than there are the people who have shot at James Bond. You know what? I'm a gr- I'm. I, oh, you are changing yours. No, I I am not for the sake of just getting it right. But when you take it in yeah, that account, it's your the, numbers. The sheer volume. Yeah. Okay. Stormtroopers. We're agreed. They are worse shot than James Bond villains. All right. Okay. This next one should be pretty easy. I, okay. This was kind of a softball, but we'll see. In Power Rangers, the original Saban Presents series, it was racist to make the African American teenager the Black Ranger and the Asian American teenager uh, rest in peace. She's been dead for a few years. Uh, the Yellow Ranger, true or false? True. Absolutely, right? Yeah, but, no, that was racist. Okay, shit. cool. We're okay. We're two and two. Yeah, and then the 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 woman was the pink one. Like, I mean, it's not racist, but it's stereotypical. Yes, but I still think there was a a, a slight element of racism to it, even I, if I it agree. wasn't intentional. It looks that way. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. Question five. You're a new recruit. Welcome aboard. Which Space Marine squad do you enlist with? Are you going to roll with the COG slash Gears from Gears uh-huh. of War? Are you going to be part of the Colonial Marines from Aliens? Are you going to be part of the Terran Federation from Starship Troopers? You know, Johnny Rico and those little mm-hmm. rascals? Uh, or the Spartans from Halo? Mm-hmm. So, so which crew do you want to... Bugs freak me out, so the Terran Federation is a hell no. Okay. <laughs> Gears, they get shot a lot. But they have huge ass muscles. They do. Who was the first one? So the gears were the first. Okay, second one. Sorry. The colonial marines. Yeah, fuck that. I'm Dealing not going after. Xenomorphs. I'm not going after xenomorphs. So I would definitely see. Say, um, I would. I would be chilling with Master Chief. 
because they 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 get amped those soldiers get amped they're stronger they can jump super high they can ride bombs yeah well, so if you okay yeah i would say that i would say i would say that i would agree uh if i was trying to be safest i feel like you're probably the most likely to survive in that situation right. and they're probably the most organized so what are you gonna go with but you know i'm a gear Colonial, oh okay yeah i would hate to fight the xenomorphs Dude. Fuck that. Yeah, even when you kill them, then their acid shatters all over you and yeah, melts no, your face. No, no. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not mad that we disagree, but I still but this miss. This is not going well. Which of the following Batman facets would you want to have the most? Your choices are, and there's a lot of them, so think about it. His money, which he even said in Dustin's That's League trailer. Yeah. yeah. His gear slash tech, which I am saying includes his vehicles. So mm-hmm. his intelligence, the chicks. Or his combat skills. Yeah. Is that those are the options? So that's basically what Batman is. Definitely his money. Okay. Because his money can buy most of the other things besides combat skills. What if you have no ability to use it? You just buy it. So you need intelligence to be able to figure out how to Or you can just pay people with intelligence to create these cool gadgets for you. So what is yours then? So you put money? Yeah. Uh, I want his intelligence. Okay, so you'll be poor as shit and tinkering with things and be like, God, if I only had the money to buy a mini But if you're hella smart, you can figure out a way to make money. All right, I get you. All right. There was a lot of options, so it's okay. Let's, uh, let's bring it back. I, I feel like we can, um, we can agree on this one, hopefully. Which actor is more synonymous with the character they portray? Christopher Reeve is Superman. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow or Arnold <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Um So who do you think is most synonymous with the character they've portrayed? Depends on what you mean by synonymous. Like who do you associate with that character the most? Because like when when they, I would say Robert Downey Jr. When they die, okay. unfortunately, you know, or okay, no, I get what you're saying. Uh, disrespect for Christopher, but remember how people are like R.I.P. Superman, like, well, he played Superman. But right. like that's the public perception. He was Superman, right. you know. So I think that I would say if we were going with synonymous, as in whose character is more like the actual actor, I would say that um, Robert Downey Jr. just personifies Iron Man. For example, mm-hmm. if we were going with whose legacy is going to be stronger attached to a one specific character, I would say Christopher Reeves as Superman. But I would answer this question by saying Wolverine. So Hugh Jackman has had more movies as Wolverine than any of those other characters, which is why we agree. That's exactly what point of view I took on. Again, we can get to the same path through different directions. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad we got there. Okay. So we're back on, uh, we're back on track. Will we stay on track? This next question is not nice. Um, Which of these titles sounds best with the words here come air quotes with special needs Attached to the end. Okay. So attach with special needs to the end of each of these following titles, and which one would you choose accordingly? Return of the Jedi. The Last of Us. Okay. Avengers. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Gremlins. (laughs) Planet of the Apes. And last but not least, 12 Years a Slave. (laughs) With special needs. Okay, the last one is just bad. So I want you to say your answer... And then attach the subtitle to it. I would say Gremlins with special needs because that's pretty much Gremlins too. 
I'm sorry if anyone listening to this is um, offended by this, but at least we're not saying retards. You <laughs> <laughs> just did. Uh, no, I'm saying we're not saying that. Oh, okay, yes. Anymore. So we're thinking it, but with special needs, sounds a lot nicer. Uh, I really like Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes with special needs. All right. So, I mean, the likelihood of us hitting on that, it, it's fine, but it's comical. Sure. So, but we're still we're drifting further apart. All right. A few more t- to see if we can get back on Redemption okay. Road. Who do you want to be your mentor? Your choices are as follows. Splinter, Yoda, Mr. Miyagi, or Professor X? Profe- and, oh, Professor X. Professor X? Yeah. I mean, he has the most abilities and powers, so... You feel like you can stand to learn the most from him? Yeah. And he's got a lot of tools at his disposal, like the danger room, so... Yeah. You know what I like about all these mentors? They're willing to not only just tell you what you need to do, they'll jump in battle with you. Splinter f- sure. has mixed it up plenty. Yoda, for sure. Miyagi, remember when he attacks uh, Johnny and the Cobras? Yeah. He's like, in a little slow motion, he comes down. Uh, if you don't know that scene, go back and watch that scene. It's awesome. Perfectious. Professor X has mixed up a hell of a lot. Uh, unfortunately, we do disagree on that one, and it's not out of anger. I would want Splinter. I feel like he's just the... Almost the wisest. Even Yoda's hella wise. Yeah, uh, They're all hella wise. You're, you're saying a, a rat that grew up in a sewer is wiser than Yoda, who's lived hundreds of years? Yoda was a dick mentor. Whatever. Yeah. But, well, ever since. But because he needed to be. Anyway. Okay. All right. There's very little hope for us here. Uh, there's an opening in several bands, and I know you're a musical fella. So who are you going to jam with? And you can play whatever instrument you want, or you can be the vocalist. It's, again, your interpretation leads you to your answer. The Wild Stallions, so yeah, rock out with Bill and Ted. Uh, the Cantina Band from Episode Four. Fuck them. <laughs> Gem and the Holograms. Fuck them. The Lone Rangers from Airheads. Airheads, great yeah, movie. Yeah. This is one of the few times Adam Sandler was tolerable. Or Spinal Tap. Would you want to? Oh, eat? Spinal Tap. Me too. Spinal Tap by because, far. Yeah, because they That's get right. midgets on stage. <laughs> They're hilarious. Close second though, Gem and the Holograms. Could you no. imagine? Yeah, could you imagine just some dude like with all these like. Chicks with like pink hair and like air, like not electric drums, and just some guy like playing a triangle, like Will Ferrell in the Saturday <laughs> Night Live skit. All right, cool. We are a go on that one. Good job, man. All right, you're a lead badass. Obviously, look okay, at you. Obviously. So you're a, you're a lead badass, but every badass at some point needs a sidekick. Who are you rolling with? Nightwing, Michonne, Dogmeat, and by the way, you can sleep with any of these characters too. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee, Chewbacca, or the Magic Carpet from Aladdin? <laughs> uh, so my answer was Nightwing until you said the Magic Carpet from Aladdin. Because Nightwing is, I would say, the best fighter, and he's just kind of badass. Yeah. Um, and he, probably a good lay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So would Dogmeat. Yeah. Um, but the Magic Carpet would have to be mine because... He's not only your sidekick, but he's also your transportation. It's a very valid point. And for the same reason, I would choose Chewbacca because he can pilot. And you can ride on his back. <laughs> he's hairy like me, so I'd feel like we could like <laughs> give each other hugs a lot. Um, he's a bro. Uh, he's good at uh, space chess. Okay. And, and yeah, even though he is not the transportation himself, dude, who, who wouldn't feel empowered showing up with a Wookiee? So good answer. Uh, both good answers. All right. Uh, two more questions. Let's okay. see if we can uh, break even. If not, go over. Wait, well, you can't break even. All right. Which ghost has the most? Ghost Rider, Beetlejuice, 
Boo from Super Mario, Ghost in the Shell, or Ghost Face Killer, Wu Tang? <laughs> Wu Tang. Um, Ghost in the Shell. And why? Because she's a badass. Did you see the movie Scarlett Johansson? No, I didn't. Uh, not many people did. No. Okay, uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying my answer is different, unfortunately. Which is? Ghost Rider. Despite the Nicolas Cage adaptation, I remember Ghost Rider was one of my first comic loves. Really? Yeah, just like a bounty hunter from the demon yeah. that possesses uh, yeah. like a human spirit and a flaming skull for a head and a chain and a badass motorcycle. Yeah. And a leather doesn't jacket. Do it for me. Doesn't do it for me at all. It did when I was a kid. And I know he's in this last episode or last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Still not enough to get me to watch that show, though. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. All right. Last question. Okay. Which Star Wars George Lucas edition bugged you the most? Greedo shooting first, the band at Jabba's palace and Return of the Jedi, uh, Anakin's ghost being replaced by Hayden Christensen at the return of at the end of Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. at the bonfire slash funeral, or the Jabba the Hut thing in Episode Four, where he steps over his tail. Yeah, the band, the band was such a shitty change because they, they it was, completely changed the music and they put a uh, yeah and the singing. Man, yeah. Yeah, they just yeah. What the they 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 um, it just didn't have a place in this older movie with with nothing but practical effects. Yeah, and then this just comes out of nowhere and it and they're in your face and they're dancing around. It did it. It was at a different pace than everything else. It absolutely it seems so disjointed. Wrong thing to do. Any of those things could be the case, but for me, just and I agree with you completely. But the most unforgivable of all those four options and again there's a lot more to list but these are just what came uh to the top the hayden christensen thing being oh, anakin's I ghost mind that it reminds me of someone who completely did nothing for those movies doesn't matter he was that wasn't him you can't go that's a revisionist history again uh. you can't go back and be like oh by the way that guy who poses anakin for the original it wasn't really him all along we were just waiting to get hayden christensen in there all right so we want to see how many we got God. We're gonna we gotta go on a couple's geek retreat or something like that <laughs> and get our, our, our spirits aligned. All right, we agreed on four questions out of thirteen. Out of thirteen? All right, so there you have it. Four out of thirteen. Man, hopefully our podcast isn't suffering. Hopefully uh we have more than um You know, uh it's like that song what was that Paula Abdul opposites attract. Yeah. I think that's what's happening here. I think we're a good team because we sometimes have different viewpoints. Good point. And I'm Just Paul Abdul. You're the cat in that video. Yeah. Okay. They both have hot moves. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and chasing those tails. Um. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Before we before we do, we always have a couple things we like to do. The first of which is what we call Shadow of the Synopsis. Lay it on me, brother. I'm gonna read uh, Brandon a synopsis. To it could be a movie, video game, could be comic, could be anything, and could he has to just a lamp. It could be. He he has to tell me uh, what what uh, story I guess I'm talking about. Please. Jody seems to have a psychic connection with an entity she named Aiden. After almost killing one of the neighbor kids, Jody's parents leave her in the custody of some doctors dealing with paranormal activity. During this time, the doctors are building a portal called a condenser that connects the world of the living to the world of the dead. Jody also realizes that she can channel the spirits of the dead. As she gets older, she actually starts to work for the CIA, goes on some missions with them, and then due to a mission going wrong, she ends up leaving the CIA and is seen as a traitor. 
ultimately, by the end of the story, she gets caught and is put back into the custody of one of the doctors who originally raised her. She then finds out that that doctor has built a mini condenser and reveals a very dangerous plot to merge the two worlds, the world of the living and the world of the dead, so that he can make contact with his deceased wife and daughter. But, in turn, making death completely meaningless and changing the entire world. I believe even though this is featuring an actress, this is still a game, featured the likeness and voice of Ellen Page. I am going to say, oh, it's a game. I think it's called Two Souls. You're Yeah, you're close. It's called Beyond Two Souls. Beyond yes. Two Souls. Yeah. Yeah, all cool. right. Good job. High did five. you ever play that? Uh, I play... I did not play that. I've seen footage and watched a little playthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good... I liked it. Some people really it did. It seemed like it was really story-heavy. It was story very story-heavy. Yeah, yes. and it's not like an action-up, action, beat-em-up, shoot-em-up game, but I, I can appreciate that. I think the more adult taste in me sometimes shows through in a really good story yeah. game. I think it was from the same studio who made Heavy Rain. It I is. could Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now that we have successfully completed another Shadow of the Synopsis. You have successfully completed. Good job. We have, though, really, Aww, when you think about it, because it's a two-party system. And also, one of the things we like to do, volley off each other week to week, is give you this week's awesome quote in geek history. And uh, tying into some recent news, uh, today we learned that Adam West, TV's Batman, has passed away. So, in honor of uh, the the Dark Knight... <laughs> <laughs> he was never dark though. He was more blue. Yeah, in honor of uh in honor of Adam West, uh here's a little piece from the Batman movie actually, the Batman TV series movie. And if you know this, then you're in. Check it out. Hand me down the shark repellent bat spray. Shark repellent, huh? Dude do you know how many times I've had a shark attach me while I'm trying to climb a, a rope ladder on a helicopter? Um, no, actually. How many? Oh, I, I post about it on our Twitter page, which you can find. Find the answer oh, there okay. at randomfandomwbb. I should check that out. And if, if you have had to use shark repellent on a shark while hanging from a ladder on a helicopter, uh, let us know about it at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and our website is randomfandomcast.com. And as you're listening to this, we would encourage you to keep listening to it. Give us feedback. Give please, us ratings. Please subscribe. Interact with us however you want to do it. You know all this shilling stuff you're supposed to say at the end of the podcast. We're doing that now. Random Fandom for life. <laughs> Thanks for celebrating episode 30 with us, Brandon. Yes, thank you. Uh, despite our driftiness, it makes us, I still think, good friends and thanks for being one of our good friends until we talk again a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks can't wait to get into it that's a nice thing yeah culture is coming up yeah geek culture is always replenishing it's bad for my real life but it's good for my geek life yeah and i like living in those realms you know so just like uh beyond two souls we're in the geek culture realm and trying to stay out of the real life realm yeah bye (laughs) thanks for being a fan of our fandom bye bye (laughs) all right stay geeky Say y'all at the end. All right, stay geeky, y'all. It's urban. Cool. My name is Solomon Slavsky, and I got the tools to cush your tush with the super soft stools. You want to sit nice? Here's a good example from Solomon Slavsky's stool samples. <laughs>
sure you got to please her by giving her wood that fits a keister. Make sure her butt stays tight and ample with Solomon Schlosky's stool sample. Yeah. Turn my headphones up, router. Thank you. I got one last verse to drive it home. You gotta find the right seat. It's the Game of Thrones. You wanna sit next? Here's a good example from Solomon Slaska's stool samples. Yeah. I like this new age music. This is fun. <laughs>